especially in a lockdown country like that where like you can't even go out right that'd be kind of sucky and we're not going to be based in London, you know, at least a big city. We're going to be based in Dover, mm. which is, uh, yeah. Go walk the White Cliffs? Yes, that's about all you can do. Push somebody over, watch them fall all the way down. Uh, I have a list. <laughs> <laughs> dance, monkey, dance. week's dance monkey dance i'm chris i'm john how are you john um great how are you i'm just dandy yeah yeah those things in florida it's beautiful today is it hot it's getting there is it yeah i went out a little earlier to uh get a new uh gas tank for my grill Mm. and it was it was nice it was like sit outdoors nice what time you cook we'll all be there Will you? Sure. Yeah. No. Even if you leave now, you're not going to make it. <laughs> you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll wrap it up and leave it on in the front door. Oh, Then nice. you can just get it when you get here. Okay. And then, you know, you strap it to your engine block and it'll be hot by the time you get back home. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's nice. It's supposed to get start getting hot, so... Looking forward to that. Well, I mean, it is Florida. Mm-hmm. That shit does happen. Well, that's good. Yeah. How's the weather up there in uh, Charleston? Uh, today it's like 76. Okay. And then we're supposed to have a front come through and drop everything to 70 or below for the next week. That's still not bad. No. No, it's definitely springtime in Charleston, which means, you know, allergies and fucking... Oh, it's horrible down here. Everything else that's going on. Yeah, it's horrible down here. We've got a, a one of those, I don't even know what kind of tree it is. It, it, it flowers white in the spring, and there's two giant trees across the street, and oh. the front of the house faces the west. Where uh-huh. a lot of the wind comes out of, so everything lands on my front porch. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I just got the, the car washed last night because <laughs> it was turning yellow. Oh, there you go. And all the pollen in my pool looks like paint melting. Ew. I'm like, what the hell is this? <laughs> it's like, oh, that's great. I guess the, I guess the screened-in porch doesn't help with shit like that does it oh no no because the the dirt here is like sugar sand yeah so that shit blows everywhere oh yeah, you don't get leaves and shit but it still gets dirty yeah <laughs> that's right i discovered a new favorite pastime this week oh i bought a power washer okay 
and I now understand why there are like subreddits and videos on YouTube that are dedicated to people power washing things. <laughs> it is one of the most satisfying things that you will ever do. It is. I, I have one too. It. I, I did the driveway. <clears throat> um, I decided the other day I was done with uh, some freelance projects. So I went out front and hooked it all up and the the change in color was remarkable. Like I didn't think it was that dirty mm-hmm. until I finished and I turned around and I was like, holy shit. And we have, um, we have a sidewalk and then uh, at the end of the driveway, it goes down into the street. And I guess that's to help with um, like rainwater or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I got to there, I did the front, um, the front curb part for like until where the, the driveway actually ended. I didn't do any of the rest. And now when you drive down the street, like you can see the entrance to the driveway because it's like bright white. Hmm. And I was like, Oh, this is so much fun. And then, so then I ended up doing like parts of the house and, um, we have a, we have a covered, um, uh, like a porch. Yeah. And the, the, ceiling of the porch which is like this this plastic or light aluminum whatever it is that they put up had been kind of dirty and I cleaned it off and my wife came outside and said did, did you replace that I said no I just cleaned it she was like holy shit I was like uh huh so you know if nothing if, if I can't find anything else as a video editor I might open a job like a company as a power washer Cause it's, I think I paid one guy 70 bucks to do my, my pool area one year. It's, it, it is, it, it's one of those jobs that there is no like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, there, there, there's no like objectivity to it. It's you either do it right or you don't. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's clean and then it's clean. And I, I truly feel like I could excel in a job where I know what the job actually is instead of having a job where clients will be like, well, I, I don't really like what you did, but I don't really know why. This sounds like office space. <laughs> well, there's you a get, lot. You, there's a lot of truth. You get your that. red swing line and you're all set. There, there is definitely a lot of truth in that movie. It's funny that you say that because I was watching a video on YouTube with the guy who, who starred in it. Um, oh, what the fuck is his name? Played the main guy. Ron yeah, Livingston. Him. Yes. And he was talking, it was like, a, it was, it was an older video, but it was about the anniversary of office space. And he, he talks about like uh, the, why it connected with a lot of people was the fact that you have this guy that is quote unquote successful, but he's unhappy. So he takes a job at the end working construction where he's truly happy. He may not be making as much, but he's happy. He's fulfilled in his life. And I was like, maybe that's what I need. Maybe it's not about doing what you love. Maybe it's about doing something that you're happy at (laughs) because those are two separate things. Now, if you could only make money standing on the side of the road, yelling at people, I could try. <laughs> How would I get paid though? People just throw pennies at me. 
you you have a sign, you have a bucket, you <laughs> pretend you're fundraising for, you know, youth soccer or something. <laughs> Send the kids to uh to South America. Oh, there you go. For a um on a on a what are those church missions? Those uh, mission? The it's missionary mission. work? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, who's going to punish me? Exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I, I, I've been, I've been slowly um, power washing parts of the house. Yeah, I haven't started yet. I made, I made the mistake of doing one of the um, fence sections. Yes. And now I have to do the rest because right. now it looks just out of place. But yep. I have a I have a really big backyard, so now I'm fucking scared. Ah, that's why you teach the kid to do it. <laughs> she pulls the trigger and she goes flying back. That'd be hilarious. Ah! That'd be fun with that. <laughs> uh, she's short though, so I don't know if she'd be able to reach the top of the fence. Yeah, she'll do as far as she can go. <laughs> <laughs> It'll look then, artistic. And then I have to go back behind her and clean the rest. Yeah. Uh. Pull Mr. Miyagi where she's like, I, I did the fence. Both sides? Ah, oh, fine. <laughs> so that's been my week. Well, that's fun. I guess. Doing, doing little home projects, you know. Well, you know, in case I can't find a job and I need to sell the house. The house <sighs> has to be presentable. Does it, though? <laughs> If I want money for it, yeah. Oh, okay. Can't just leave shit. Got to be somewhat responsible. You got to show, you have to at least make it look like you cared for somebody to buy it. Yeah. Unless you find one of those people that flips the house. Yeah, but then you don't make money off of it. Well, that's exactly it. So, you know, whatever. Did you watch uh, the um, episode on Disney Plus about the making of WandaVision? I didn't. No? I kind of forgot it was on this week, so I didn't watch it. Is it worth it? There's there's some interesting information that gets shown. Okay. Um, Especially if you like like watching making of documentaries. Yeah. Um, the, the idea behind the, the early episodes was them, um, bringing in old light fixtures from the Mm fifties and using fifties era lenses. And then you find out that the entire cast dressed in, or not that the crew dressed in what the people shooting TV shows in the fifties would have worn. And then they show the audience and the audience is all dressed as people from the fifties and they've taken out all of the chairs and replaced them with wooden chairs that they, that an audience would have actually sat on in the fifties and then doing that for every single decade, every single week that they were shooting. Mm. Um, and the other thing that really struck me as interesting was, um, you would think that, that Disney plus and Marvel would have tried whatever they could to cut down on the amount of visual effects that they had to do. 
Okay. You know, it's nine episodes. I don't know what the what the budgets are for a Disney Plus show like that, but you know, you would you would think that anything that they could do to cut corners, they would. And then you find out through the footage that Vision, Paul Bettany, when he is Vision, only has his face painted. Oh, really? He's not wearing. He, he may be wearing the costume, but he's not wearing the big silver headpiece. Yeah. With the, with the um, Infinity Stone in it, he's just painted purple. And they're going back in and basically replacing his entire head for really? every single shot he's in. Yeah. Yeah, and like his ears are sticking out and they're not painted and they're showing the process of them going in and taking the clean plate and cutting his ears out and then putting the 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 headpiece back on him and it's like why wouldn't you if if it's a hearing problem which they he's always said like he can't hear in the makeup. Right. Just leave the ears off and and put that back in. Like that seems a lot less time consuming than having to do a head replacement for every single shot that Vision is in. Mm. So that that's some of the interesting stuff that they show you. Okay. Um, a lot of it's fluff of, you know, actors sitting there being like, well, this was like the greatest idea I've ever heard. Um, but the, the technical aspects of what they had to do is, is very interesting. Okay. Is it on a par with Mandalorian or? It, yeah. I mean, it's about the same type of information. Um, okay. I think the Mandalorian thing is more interesting just because of the technology they're using. Uh-huh. Um, you know, for, for this, the big thing was like at one point, um, Wanda, like what Elizabeth Olsen was saying is that, um, for most of the stuff she's ever done where she's flying, she's the only one on a rig. Everybody else okay. that flies is either CG or they add in later or whatever. But hmm. at at some point they had like four people on rigs at the Warner Brothers lot flying over the set because you had Vision and White Vision like fighting in the background and which were people on wires. And then you had Wanda and Agatha going at it in the foreground on wires. And it's like the most complicated rigging setup that they've ever done. Hmm. So, you know, th that's interesting to me. I don't know how interesting that is to anybody else. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of cool. You know, I think I think if they really wanted to to impress me, like all the 50s stuff would have been like shot on film and then edited on like an old steam back like editing table. And right. I'm sure they didn't do that. But, you know, for the for the black and white episodes, vision. um when he's the synth synthesoid is painted blue instead of purple because it, the, the purple didn't give the right shade in black and white. Oh, well that's kind of common. Well, and, and, but they talked about like what you don't know about the shows in the fifties is that like, if you saw a woman wearing lipstick that you perceive to be red through like the black and white, because that mm -hmm. was like the standard color. It was actually like a bluish color that okay. they were wearing on set because it didn't look right on in the final production. Right. So, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, that's like when Hitchcock filmed, uh, the shower scene in psycho Yep, with a uh, chocolate sauce. Hot chocolate syrup was yep. used for the blood because, you know, stage blood just wouldn't look right. Yep. 
and they they could get away if I believe they also did that because if they were asked about it because it was the first time like that amount of blood was shown or whatever right that they could say well it's not really blood it's actually chocolate sauce yeah Psycho is also the first time you ever saw a toilet in a movie that's right history all over the place with Alfred Hitchcock mm-hmm. making the big things happen <laughs> the magic of making movies <laughs> yep and now today it's all computers for the most part yeah there's some practical effects being done but for the most part I think there's still more miniatures than what you would expect yeah yeah I think that not not so much like big budget Marvel movies and like tentpole stuff, but a lot of the things they're trying to do for less money, it's easier to build miniatures and to film them that way. Oh yeah. Um Blade Runner twenty forty nine used a lot of miniatures. Um things like that. Chris Nolan still uses a ton of miniatures. Um, just because he doesn't really like the, the, the way digital stuff looks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, it's not as rampant as like the late eighties, early nineties, but they're still out there. Yeah. I think that's a dying art though. I think, I think model making for movies in the next 10 years won't be a thing, which sucks, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Things change. You don't want to be left in the dust. I know. But I mean, there there are some impressive miniatures work um, in a lot of films that you wouldn't even think were miniatures. So I do think that there is a way to spot CG, especially when it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know. I was rewatching. Um, uh, now that I have HBO Max, I was rewatching the Lord of the Rings films, the first, the mm-hmm. first three. I'm not gonna watch the Hobbit stuff because that just fucking blows. But um, <laughs> it is amazing, um, just how those effects fall apart twenty years later. Yeah. Um, when I first saw Gollum on screen in the in the Two Towers, I really thought that it was the best digital character I'd ever seen and watching it in 1080 in my office 21 years later or whatever it is, he doesn't look that great. Yeah. And a lot of those visual effects where they did shoot miniatures, but they were putting people into them. Mm -hmm. The shadows aren't right. It looks like they're floating on the floor and it's like, Ooh, okay. You know, the weird thing is that, you know, if you look at old Hollywood movies like, you know, Gone with the Wind and, you know, the old Disney stuff, live action, it's you don't look at them and go, oh, those effects were really bad. No. But you look at things like, you know, the Lord of the Rings trilogy or, you know, the original Star Wars. It's like, oh, look at all those matte lines. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's weird how the technology pulls your attention away absolutely and if you've ever gone back and watched I think the most egregious one that I've seen is Attack of the Clones 
mm-hmm. in HD, it looks fucking terrible. But it's it was the cutting edge for the time. Right. We've just learned what photo reel actually looks like. Mm-hmm. And now, so now when you see those films and, and you look at it, you're like, ooh, okay, that, that doesn't look good at all. Yeah, I mean, you think that at the time they were like the best thing out there and, you know, nobody could compare. And you look at them now and it's like, it's, you know, like the way we tear apart, like, you know, some of the WB special effects. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. And, and you know, the WB stuff, I I will get cut him a little slack for it because it's usually one guy who's got to do everything in the course mm-hmm. of like two weeks. And, you know, things got to cut corners but I mean if you think of there are a couple of special effects shots in like the Wizard of Oz that kind of hold up mm-hmm. where and I think it's there's a shot of it might be the Emerald City where they're where they're walking towards it yeah and and it was an in-camera effect of I think a matte painting or something mm-hmm. and you look at that and you're like, wow, that looks really good for being like almost a hundred years old. Mm-hmm. And then you look at something from 20 years ago and you're like, Ooh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's sign of the times. It's, it's, you know, the, the technology getting better, but it's only it's only through the special effects age or the visual effects age that really you really start to notice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And when you you know you start comparing it to uh, stuff that's coming out today, it's like okay. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know one of the things that I loved about WandaVision is that they were able to make it look very cinematic and stand up with whatever you saw in any MCU movie, but I'm sure that if you go back in five years, you might look at stuff and be like, Ooh, that's not, not really holding up. Yeah. Although I'm trying to think if there's any shots in like Iron Man that aren't good now, but I, I can't really think of any, but like they also used visual effects in those first couple of movies very sparingly. It wasn't like it was where they had to, but like they weren't really going out of their way. Oh, I know what looks bad when when um when they're the first time he uses the Iron Man suit, the red one mm-hmm. in in the um, Middle East. And he comes back and Pepper walks in on him getting undressed or the trying them trying to take the suit off of him you can tell that they were shot in two totally separate times and Tony doesn't react right. And there's something just a little bit off about the animation and stuff. So it, that's all a little weird, but I know I'm nitpicking, but whatever. Well, I mean, you, you've raised some good points, hmm. you know, it's, it, I mean, I guess it kind of goes to say that those old Hollywood techniques are still valid today. Absolutely. And can hold up to um, everything that's done inside the computer. 
Well, and look at um, Mandalorian. Like, the Razor Crest was an actual model mm-hmm. that they shot on a stage and composited it in with all the other stuff. And nobody knew until they said it that it was a, an actual miniature. Mm-hmm. And, but it looked good, so. Right. I mean, I think that's an important thing that everybody always compares it to is the first Jurassic Park. And yes. the fact that Jurassic Park still holds up today. Mm-hmm. Like, you can sit there and watch Jurassic Park in 4K, and you're just as amazed as you were in 1993. And the reason that is, is because when they made that movie, there was a there was a directive that came from Steven Spielberg and George Lucas that they didn't care what it cost. They wanted it to look good. Mm-hmm. Because they were trying to sell this technology to other people. So they weren't, they, they, while they had a deadline, they were given a ton of time to do it. They were given, they were, they were thrown just money at them being like, make it look better, make it look better. And at the end of the day, there's like 15 digital shots in it. And a lot of it is, is large animatronic dinosaurs or people in suits. Mm -hmm. So it's not, as much visual effects as you would think is in it. But the work that they did to match the, the full size T-Rex digital character with the animatronic, they spent tons and tons and tons of time on it because it was Steven Spielberg and George Lucas who was running the company. And they just said, fucking do it, make it look real. We don't care what it costs. And then, then they could sell it to other people. Once they were able to sell it to other people, then they could make the money they wanted off of it. Sure. So. Did you uh, did you pay for Raya and the Last Dragon yet? No. <laughs> no. Nope. Nope. Oh, I thought I'll you, wait. thought maybe you'd give in. Nope. I'll wait. Okay. I've got better ways to spend my money. <laughs> Did you watch this week's uh, Superman and Lois? I did. Yeah. Speaking of bad visual effects. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, blew your budget on the on the pilot, huh? Uh, All right. Yeah, well. <sighs> I like the whole family dynamic of the story. Yeah. But I understand why they have to ever so often throw in him saving a collapsing bridge or something because it's boring as hell. Well, and Superman's got a Superman. Yeah, but the whole um, Lois going to work for the local paper and Lana and her husband are, you know, big wigs in the town. And it's like, this is Riverdale. (laughs) This isn't even as good as Smallville. <laughs> well, I mean, that seems to be what the w, the the CW is turning into, right? I guess I don't know. I mean, they they have an audience that they're trying to tune in every week, right? And they're th- that's the formula that seems to work for them. Mm. I'm just a little, I'm just a little like over the fact that now we have a new Kryptonian at the end. Yeah. That 
killed the unkillable dude, I guess. I don't even know what his deal was. But, like, he was taken on Superman, and then she shows up and fries him, and I'm like, no, wait, you've already set up a main villain. Right. Like, why are we now introducing in, like, episode three a new bad person that we're going to have to get to know? It feels like they don't know what they're doing yet. Um, It's like, you should have had this whole thing mapped out. The pilot was so promising. Yeah, well. I mean, the visual (laughs) effects and the story, it was like, all right, there's... There's some dude in a mask that that is hunting Superman and he's going to torment him and he's going to find out about his family and then they're all going to have to fight together and it's going to be awesome. And then now it's like, you know, Lois has got that. The one shot I really liked is when Lois was in the the hotel and Mm -hmm. she holds up the the way overproduced calling button Superman thing. Yes. And she, she he, the the bad guy is like that won't save you and she's like no but he will and she presses it and he's instantly there. Right. Like I like that. That was that was very cool the way that they've used that to bring him in. But other than that I was like the bridge shot was really crappy and yeah. I don't care about the kid fighting his bullies at, at football practice and I'm like huh. Oh. I mean, usually I'll give it a season before I'll abandon a show, but I don't know. Yeah, I'm. I. I really don't know how far I'll go with it because <laughs> it's, you know, it's they're lost. I mean, that's the only way I can describe it is they're lost. They should have had this all mapped out. They should have had a plan, and now it feels like they're just grabbing at straws i mean you know, oh let's try this maybe maybe it gets better maybe they've it the the kryptonian chick like connects somehow i don't know like maybe that's like evil supergirl that's not melissa benoit or benoist whatever the hell her name is benoist benoist um benoist. maybe maybe we'll find out that like she's working for Luther and that I don't know the everything seemed to be connected to that dude that bought, um, the newspaper, the newspaper. Yeah. So what does that have to do with Kryptonians? And uh, he's, he's just another Lex Luthor. Yeah, I guess. I mean, that's really all it is. I mean, it's that same type of character. He's an empire builder. Well, and it's it's always funny because like he's this this like billionaire philanthropist guy who's entrepreneur who's buying all this stuff, and in in episode two he goes to Smallville, right? And you're like, is that just because the the plot demands that he shows up there? (laughs) But like he's sitting in on meetings at the Daily Planet, and it's like, what? Yeah smaller villains I think would work instead of like billionaires that have all the money that you're going to find out that he knows who Superman really is and Superman's going to have to launch him in the space or something (laughs) (sighs) I mean and I really like the guy that plays Superman yeah I really like his portrayal I've liked 
you know, I liked Henry Cavill as Superman. I like Christopher Reeve as Superman. Wasn't a big Dean Cain fan. Um, you know, Tom Welling. Uh, I don't know. He didn't really get to be Superman outside of like Clark Kent. So, uh, yeah, true. Um, but I like the dude. I just don't think that. I think it's going to be two CW. And I'm sure that's what they're going for. So, I suppose, I guess, I don't know. Um, this last episode of Flash was, uh, I don't even know how to describe <laughs> it other than they made Flash a douchebag. So I kept hearing these, these things on Reddit of like, everybody needs to go and watch this episode because what they do with killer frost is like the best thing they've ever done on the show. And I watched her inject herself with the speed force or whatever the fuck that was and go running around town. And I was like, it's still okay. That's supposed to be the best thing they've ever done. Yeah. I also saw a gif of Barry's, um, cowl coming on like iron man. Is that a new thing? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. And they're bringing back the original villain from season one. Thrawn. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's like, uh, okay. Was there something unfinished in that story that you want to go back and revisit? <laughs> Who do you think the best villain was in flash? Oh, hands down. Uh, Amu- Am- Amnuet? Katie Sackoff. Oh, okay. I I loved her. I thought she was great. <laughs> but she wasn't like one of the big bads. <sighs> Trickster? <laughs> Why, just because you love Mark Hamill? Yes. But okay, so so Thrawn Thrawn no, Thawne. Thrawn Thawne. somebody else. Thawne, uh Zoom. Um the fuck when Barry came back from the future dressed in the big metal costume I don't even uh, why death, death stroke no that wasn't death stroke <laughs> uh, god why can't I oh Jesus Christ I am having a senior moment dude flash TV villains uh you know there was a big uh Savitar Savitar and who was who was the voice of that Oh Jesus! Was it? It wasn't it. Um, the the kid from uh, American Pie was it Chris Klein? No, that was somebody else. That oh. he played. He played a different, um, a different villain that really went nowhere. Um, but like Zoom, Zoom was voiced by Tony Todd, and then it was a different guy underneath. Mm. Um, Pied Piper, King Shark, The Thinker. I hated The Thinker. Yeah, Killer Frost. That was a waste of time. Captain Cold. I thought Captain Cold was good, but I I like Wentworth. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I can't remember who did the voice. No, Sav- I think Savitar was Michael Dorn from 
Oh, okay. From Star Trek. And then yep. it was Barry in the suit. And then Zoom was Tony Todd and the other guy that was supposed to be um, Jay Garrick mm-hmm. was in there. And then Eobard Thawne. Um, I would probably say Zoom was the best villain they ever did in season two. Really? I like Thawne in season one. I think the, the episode where he kills Cisco and you're like, holy shit, how are they going to do this? And then Barry runs back through time and changes like that, that thing from happening. And then Cisco is right. haunted by it. Like, I thought that was really clever writing for a CW superhero show. Right. But I think Zoom was scarier. Because Zoom was, like, unbeatable at, at some point. And Barry had to, like, cheat in the Speed Force in order to to beat him. But I think all the others, like, who cares about Gorilla Grodd and... But see, those are the fun villains. Gorilla Grodd and Killer Shark and, yeah. you know. Pied Piper. I don't even remember Pied Piper. Uh, he was in season one. Yeah. He was one of those that they they kept in the in the um, particle ring in their, in their meta-human prison with no toilets and no, like, food and shit. Yeah. You know, that weird plot hole from season one. <laughs> yeah. So, so is the, the cowl thing, was that brand new for this last episode? Like, do they explain that? Uh, no, and I can't remember if it's in the one before. <laughs> I mean, it's becoming really forgettable. Well, yeah. And and like I said, this this whole episode was was him being a douche. It's like, oh, there's your hero. <laughs> was he like possessed by something or was he just uh, he douche? found that he also had speed brain. <laughs> and by and by, by possessing that, it overrode his emotions. What is speed brain? That he could process things incredibly quickly like flash oh okay um at one point they're trying to save iris from the mirror universe and it he he says something like you know it, it's not worth saving her if you know two other people are gonna die instead it's like oh but this is the love of your life <laughs> isn't it <laughs> I, I was not a fan of this episode. But didn't they already do that? There, there was a whole thing like Barry, when he first became the Flash, would do things like read entire like quantum universe theory books in one sitting. Like, and do you remember in the in the pilot where like when he was actually doing his job as a forensic scientist, like he could look at the tire tracks and know what kind of vehicle it was from? And they would do these like overlays of like the, the tire tracks and it would like spread out to show like gap distances in the tire. And he like, it showed like an analytical way of him thinking about things that all went out the window too. Yeah. Cause he couldn't be smarter than Cisco. You know, <laughs> they had to kind of dumb him down. Right. I hate when they right. do that shit. 
Yeah. That is my biggest pet peeve about Ant-Man in the MCU. Is that he's so stupid? In in Ant-Man 1, he has a master's degree in mechanical engineering. He mm-hmm. helps he helps perfect the Ant-Man suit. In Ant-Man and the Wasp, they treat him as an absolute moron. Right. Where he can't figure anything out and it's like why would you do that? But anyway. I'm getting off my soapbox. Are you? Yeah. All right. <laughs> that shit just annoys me. I, I hate when they take a good character and they dumb them down. Right. And they did that with Barry because there couldn't be that many geniuses working at Star Labs. Well, and you've got the uh, the council of, uh, what's his names? Of Wells. Of Wells. Yeah. And when he sacrificed his his life, I thought, oh, good, we're finally done with that bit. It's like, no, he's back. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be back in the next episode. Well, of course he'll come back. But he'll be back as As Fawn. Yes. I mean, the the reverse Flash is supposed to be a lifelong nemesis of Barry Allen. So I understand them wanting to keep him on the show and do that but it's it's a little weird that they've shown that Eobard Thawne has a different face and they keep pulling this dude back as Eobard like, right. like there was a completely different actor and he he was Eobard on um um what's the other show uh, Legends of Tomorrow right like he was a big well, and they guy. and they do show that actor in the previews for the next episode oh really yeah oh okay so they're not bringing back like, really don't but they showed and they showed wells so oh. i'm kind of confused i don't know if i want to go back and start watching that again no no you could watch that soap opera called batwoman no thanks it's getting bad getting isn't it always been bad it's getting worse <laughs> So what you're saying is that that Ruby Rose dropping out on him was like the worst thing that could have happened. Oh, no, because I don't think they knew what to do with her either. She said in a in an interview that I read that if the story calls for it, she'd go back. Right. And it's like, wait a minute, you totally fucked that up. Like, they're not going to they're not bringing you back. I'm sorry. Yeah. They'll they'll get some kind of body double to show up as like a dead corpse in a river somewhere, <laughs> and be like, "Oh my God, Kate Kane is dead." They found her. They found her body. Yeah, but she's not coming back. <laughs> she's got such a great career ahead of her. Mm. She should team up with Gina Carano. I mean, she did. She's she's done so many movies since then. I guess. But probably none you're never going to see. Right. Let's see what her IMDb says. Uh, What does she have in... Let's see. Since Batwoman, she was in a TV series called Acting for a Cause, where she did one episode. She was in something called The Doorman. SAS Red Notice. Vanquish. One Up. And The Legitimate Wise Guy. Well, she's got a paycheck. I guess that's something. I guess, but if nobody ever sees your work. Eh, it's overrated. (laughs) 
Let's see, who does the Dorman star? It's her and, and Jean Renault from um What? Jean Renault. He Yes. From uh the uh, the, the movie. Yes, yeah. with Jason Statham and Natalie Portman. No, Natalie Portman. No. And it wasn't Jason Statham. It was um Commissioner Gordon. Um uh Gary Oldman? Gary Oldman, yeah. Oh. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> But those are the only two people in this list that you've probably ever heard of. Hmm. There's somebody who plays a character called Lily Stanton, who's played by Killa Lord Cassidy. Okay. Yeah. She's only got three credits to her name. So, hey, you know. Kill a lord. Uh, sure. So uh, yeah, I don't think any of these will be as mainstream as like the like Batwoman on the CW. Mm-hmm. Call me kooky, call me crazy, but <laughs> you're yeah. kooky, Woo-hoo. crazy. <laughs> uh, good times. She was in John Wick Chapter Two, though. As what? Aries. Gir- girl at diner. <laughs> She was in Triple X Three, uh, Return of Xander Cage, with um, oh, what's his face? Vin Diesel. You say Vin Diesel? Yeah. Uh, she was in the Meg about the giant shark. Oh. Uh, she was in nine episodes of Orange Is the New Black on Netflix. You get to see your boobies there. Just saying. Oh, goody. <laughs> so, yeah, her career's over. Bye-bye. <laughs> what a shame. She'll be doing conventions. Yeah, something like that. Charging way too much for her autograph. Yeah. But I think that's what everybody does these days. And then the the poor girl that took over for her on Batwoman will just be, like, pounded into the ground because her version of Batwoman won't work because they're just in too deep now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, poor girl. Episode six is five stars out of 10 on IMDb. Really? Yeah. Which one is that? Is that the one coming up or is that the one they just aired? It was the one they just aired. Do oh. not resuscitate. I can't ever remember what it was. The okay, the the tagline says as Ryan's kryptonite wound worsens, it hinders her capabilities as Batwoman. Efforts to copy the Desert Rose serum endanger Mary and Commander Kane. Meanwhile, Al- Alice's reunion with someone from Coriana presents unexpected complications. Does that sound familiar at all? No. Why is Batwoman susceptible to kryptonite? Um, it's it had it. What I don't think it was she susceptible to kryptonite. I think it was that they found that kryptonite could get through the super suit. Oh, and it wounded her. And it wounded her. Oh, well, that sucks. 
Yeah. Well, why are people fighting Batwoman with kryptonite? Um, because, um, one of the other villains discovered that the only way to defeat the Batsuit was with kryptonite. Oh. Okay. And I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, yeah, it's like I said, it's forgetful. Or maybe I'm just going eh, going senile. Could be that too. No, I think that it's a it's an issue with just um, these shows are not geared towards you. And yeah, it's not. It, it's nothing you're remembering because you can't connect to any of it. Right. That's all right. I'm getting aged out. <laughs> Soon you'll be like, why is that music so loud? Yeah. <laughs> I got to go to dinner at 430. Get off That's my right. lawn. I got a coupon. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I'm really aggravated that the neighbor across the street hasn't fixed a broken window yet. It's been about <laughs> four months. Well, windows are expensive. Yeah, but it's a rental. Oh. I don't I don't know what the deal is. Well, in your case, if you broke a window, how quickly would they fix your window? Um... Well, I don't know. I got new air conditioning pretty damn fast. <laughs> Well, that's something you could sue over. No, you can't. Not no? in Florida. Oh. oh. Air conditioning is not a necessity, according to state law. In Florida? Yep. Holy shit. Okay. Thank you, asshole Republicans. <laughs> well, you know, masks are intrusion on your way of life, so, you know. You're infringing on my rights, Chris. Stop it. <laughs> Just stop it. So I watched an interesting um, series. I guess there's only one. There's only one season of it, and it's on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking up Catherine Hahn because I have okay. seen her in a bunch of stuff, and I was like, I wonder what she's done besides WandaVision lately. And okay. there was a show called Mrs. Fletcher that she's in. Mm-hmm. Okay, and basically the story. Um, there's, there's two segments, there's two, there's two groups of characters they're following in every episode. She plays a mother who sends her kid to college and she's divorced and she's kind of conservative and uptight. Um, and he's, the the son is kind of a douchebag. Okay. Um, and it's her trying to move on with her life of being an empty nester and him and his first year of college. And when he leaves, she discovers porn and decides that that's how she's going. Not, not act in porn, but watch a lot of porn and masturbate a lot. The mother. Yes. Oh God. Yes. And it's Catherine Hahn. However old Catherine Hahn is like humping a pillow and, (laughs) um, you know they're they're showing the they're, in the first episode they're showing that her son is kind of a douchebag. He was hooking up with this girl and then didn't call her all summer. And then the morning before he leaves for college, she comes over to blow him. 
and wait a minute, who who comes over? The 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 girlfriend that he oh okay he dissed. Okay. And she says goodbye to Catherine Hahn, and there's a big stain on the front of her shirt. Ew. So there's only seven episodes, but it's a really weird show about uh-huh. a woman in her forties rediscovering her sexuality. Uh, okay. It's very strange, but I mean, if you like Catherine Hahn, I guess it's worth watching. Uh. If you want to see her bits, she shows them a lot. Oh, nice. <laughs> <sighs> you know, Hey, I, I sure it's a paycheck. <laughs> uh, I mean, and it's a, it's, it's a weird departure because it's not a comedy for her. Uh huh. Like it's kind of a serious role and like the, the psychological impact of like being divorced and being a single mother and, um, you know, the father of the kid is remarried with a, with another kid and he doesn't show up to the older son's like anything. Uh huh. And so like her son isn't really paying attention to her because, you know, she's always been there, but he's kind of a douche too. And like, there's some complex layering in there that I don't really think she's done before. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to see her in something different. Cause even she, okay. even though she was in WandaVision, it was kind of a comedic role. Oh yeah. Until like the very end. Until the fi- you know, last couple of episodes. Yeah. But mm. I guess, I'm, I mean, that's kind of what Catherine Hahn's thing is, right? I mean, she's, I think, yeah, she's definitely like a comedic actress. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, I thought it was—I thought it was interesting. I had nothing better to do, so I watched a couple of episodes of the Punky Brewster reboot. Oh, why? <laughs> I don't know. I it. I, for some stupid reason, I have Peacock for free as part of my cable package. So, oh, is that how they're of, getting people? They're, I guess. They're just but there's still commercials on. It's like it's Peacock Premium, but there's still commercials in the middle of episodes. That's weird. Yeah, and there's not a whole hell of a lot on there to watch. But I, I honestly do not remember ever watching Punky Brewster growing up. Okay. Well, I mean, it was it was the '90s, so. I was already grown up by then. I thought Punky Brewster <laughs> was the eighties. Was it the eighties? She has a documentary out called nineties kids. Punky Brewster was 1984. Hmm. Okay. So, um, Freddie Prince jr. Came out of retirement to do it. <laughs> oh Jesus. So he must've really needed a paycheck. He wasn't in the original. Was he? I, I have no idea. Let's pull up. He plays her ex husband. Yes, we know he was in Scooby Doo. Uh, He doesn't start acting until 1995, so no. Well, there you go. Yeah, I guess maybe maybe his marriage to um, Sarah Michelle Gellar isn't working out really well. Or or she's tired of him riding the gravy train. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. Bizarre. I mean, he was the dude that was in Rebels and then, like, shit on the fan so yeah you know i mean i did see um soleil moon fry like bouncing around in the kitchen and stuff in like a commercial for the the new punky brewster it just doesn't yeah 
I watched Punky Brewster as a kid. I I have no desire. I mean, I also don't have any desire to rewatch or or watch that new season of Saved by the Bell either. So, no, I have no interest in that. I barely watched the original. Although I do remember when it was called Our Miss Bliss. And it wasn't even about the students. It was about the teacher. Oh, yeah. And then they totally changed it to be focused on Slater and Zach and all them. I mean, it looks like there's a couple of people from the original that are in the in the new one, as they do these days. Yeah. But, uh... I mean, nobody that you would know, nobody that's had like a big career. I mean, even Soleil Moon Fry isn't a real big name. No, not at all. I mean, she's no Tiffany. No. (laughs) Although, I mean, looking at her IMDb, she's constantly worked since then. So good for her. Whatever became of her brother, Mino Pellucci. Mino Pellucci. Mino Pellucci, who was the kid in, uh, what was that time traveling show back in the 80s? Uh, Voyagers? Voyagers. Yeah, we've talked yes. about Voyagers before. Yeah. Because we talked about the dude that killed himself. That's right. Uh, okay. So so he was Mino Pellucci. Oh, Jesus. His current picture is wow. Okay. Dude's got big scraggly hair and a beard. Uh apparently He's he's a Dutch-born American photographer. Yeah. Apparently he was only in one episode of Punky Brewster. Okay. Um Yeah, he didn't work a whole lot. He did the TV movie Walter where that covered Radar O'Reilly's return from the fucking MASH war. Well, I don't even remember that. Yeah, it was, it, I guess. So at some point, Gary Berghoff leaves MASH because right. he wanted to be closer to his family. So they said, well, we'll give you your own TV show called Walter where Radar goes back and loses the farm and becomes a cop. And I think it lasted one episode, so they turned it into a TV movie. Okay. Yeah, and that's about it. Hmm. Okay. So, poor Gary Berghoff. <laughs> and uh, this dude was in it, apparently. Mino Pellucci. Okay. I don't see anybody else. You would recognize on this cast. Oh, Dick Miller's in it. Never mind. Dick Miller was in Walter. Okay. So. Did anyway. he play the teddy bear? No. Teddy bear. Oh. Radar always carried a teddy bear. He leaves to it. hide his his wonky arm. He leaves it in at at the four zero seven seven for Hawkeye. Oh, does he? Yep. Oh, that's sweet. So apparently, um, when MASH was ending, there's an episode, one of the last episodes is them burying, burying a time capsule. Mm-hmm. And um, 
they decided the, the cast decided to bury a real one um, on the stage. Okay. Thinking stage is going to be here for a long time. Um, right. We're going to put all this stuff in there. Somebody's going to find it later on. Gold mine for that person. One of the things was Radar's teddy bear. Oh. Five months after the end of MASH, they tear up the set. <laughs> and Alan Alda gets a phone call from the foreman that says, hey, we found a box of this stuff. What do we do with it? And he was like, "Box? what box of stuff? And he's like, there's like a teddy bear in here. And he was like, you already found the time capsule? And he's like, I guess so. And so they tried to sell it, uh, the, the teddy bear. And I guess get a friend of Gary Berghoff bought it for him and then returned it to him. Yeah. Yeah. So oh. weirdness. Well, that's nice. It's my mash anecdote for the episode. <laughs> I don't believe that if they made mash today, that it would be the hit that it was. Well, no, because the Korean conflict is so far in the past. And if you watch it... There, Same thing with Hogan's Heroes. There, Well, yeah. There's a lot of um, questionable things in it that don't really fly with audiences today. You mean the way Asians are treated? The way Asians are treated, the way that women are treated. Um, yeah. Hawkeye and is a pretty much a womanizer and a drunk. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of cheating on people and affairs and all kinds of shit. So I don't think it would fly today. I mean, I think it was good for its time. I grew up on MASH. It's yeah. something that was always on in the house. But um, I don't think it would fly today. Yeah, hmm. I would agree. But, you know, the world's changing. Yes. Is it? Is it really? I like to think so. Okay. That's how I can sleep at night is believing that maybe we're changing a little bit. Yeah. We can hope. <laughs> you want to go in on a on an auction for one of Elvis Presley's iconic guitars? No, I'm good. No? Yeah. Okay. You you go ahead. I mean, the starting price is only $250,000. Oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh. Do I have two? No. Oh. But you can also, apparently can also uh, bid on one of Michael Jackson's crystal-studded gloves. Ooh. Elizabeth Taylor's blue pearl drop earrings. And the 1950 Cadillac Fleetwood featured in the movie The Godfather. Really? Yeah. No, 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 no good. Thanks. Nope. I'm good. Come on. You've got all kinds of disposable income. <sighs> Let me spend your money for you. <laughs> I'm good, but thank you for the <laughs> offer. All right. Fine. Be that way. Yeah. You're no fun anymore. So I've been told. Get off my lawn. You're just a mean old man. Now. That's right. Damn kids. <laughs> oh, good times. You got anything else for this week? No, I yeah. think I'm good. Okay. Yeah. 
All right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Wear your mask. Thank you.